Good morning, and thank you, Linda. My name is Scott, and this morning I have the privilege of bringing the message to you with thanks to Pastor Darrell. I've preached this message at the 6.30 and 10.30 service, and of benefit to you guys, after each time I speak, the count of pursed lips, disapproving glares and gasps from Darrell as I speak has decreased rapidly. So I hope you will certainly benefit from the feedback he's been giving me each time. Um, I'd like to welcome any newcomers today or those folks who've just been coming to Sunnybank for a short period of time. Welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. And as, as Daryl mentioned, um, looking to build up the home groups, life groups, uh, insert current name for group that meets during week and studies Bible and shares fellowship together. And if you're not a member of one of those groups, please see someone out, out the front or see Daryl. And uh, it's a great way to, to get to know people. Um, again, reiterate the garage sale. Um, please get involved. It's a practical opportunity to help and also to pick up a bargain. A few years ago, I collected a violin and my playing hasn't improved, but there's um, certainly uh, be an opportunity to serve. And uh, also, most importantly, before I start, um, we'll pray and I'd also like to thank those who've been praying for me during the week. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can meet today, that the Bible is available, that we can read it, that your truth is revealed to, to us through your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity I have to share and ask that it may be your spirit working through me, that you may speak through me so that we may all be impacted and that, Lord, your, your love, your grace is sufficient to us, nothing more, nothing less, and that today, Lord, we will be impacted, that there will be a change, that it will be you stirring our hearts, that we may go out to bear more fruit. Amen. The passage today is, uh, is a familiar one for people who've been Christians for a while, but the, the background is quite significant. So Jesus shared this with his disciples just after Passover and that was the period where the first communion was introduced. And significantly, it was just before his death. And obviously Jesus knew what was coming. The disciples knew that... Uh, it wasn't going to be pleasant in the next 24, 48 hours. And so you can imagine the scene where they're on the way to the cross. They know it's going to happen. And yet here is Jesus characteristically reassuring them. So we have a, a group of people, fledgling group, and their leader is about to be taken away from them. So you can imagine the mood at, the, at this point is, uh, is really, really not that calm and, and happy. And 
And so what we'll be uh, sort of covering today is, is that Jesus is the true source of life. And God will prune his disciples, which is you guys, to bear more fruit. And that through Jesus, we are joined and commanded to love one another. So to, as to break that down, there's, there's three points and important takeaways here. First, Jesus is the true vine. And we'll go into a little more detail as to why that was so significant when he shared with his disciples. Secondly, you will be pruned to bear more fruit. So if you see me with a pair of secretaires in your way, uh, don't be alarmed. This is not physical pruning, but that will be the result of living as living the Christian walk. And lastly, keep my command. But to really understand what, what he's saying here is we need to understand what is the vine. And the audience that he's speaking to knew very well what he was talking about. The, for the people of, of Israel, the vine was very dear to their heart. And going back to the Old Testament, Psalm 88 reads, You transplanted a vine from Egypt... You drove out the nations and planted it, referring to the people of Israel. And Isaiah 5, 7, uh, no beating around the bush here. gets clear as you can get. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel. And that's pretty clear in any translation. And so the people at the time... We're living as under those words, under those instructions that they are God's chosen vine. And that was reflected all throughout society, both commerce and religious life. So you would find vines on the coins and vines adorning the temple. This is very dear. And... There is also a historical account with the uh, Josephus wrote describing how the vines were presented at the temple. And I tried this at the 10.30 and I'm going to try it again. I will present what Josephus wrote and how I believe a historian would speak. And I have a few accents to choose from. I went with the ye oldie English accent, David Attenborough style. I'm going to do it again, and if my wife's covering her face, then I have achieved my mission. Here we go. But that gate, which was at this end of the first part of the house, was, as we have already observed, all covered with gold, as was its whole wall about it, it also had golden vines above it, from which clusters of grapes hung as tall as a man's height. As a disclaimer, that's not how people spoke back in the time. But the point here is we're talking about clusters of grapes as tall as a man's height. Now, now folks weren't as, as tall as we are these days, but we're, we're looking at, at this, this high. And... This is a nation here. God's told them, you are the true vine. 
you have a special place. I transplanted you. The vine is all throughout society. Then along comes Jesus in typical style. And he states, Nope, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. Quite a provocative statement. We, we read it today, think, oh, it's, that's a nice, nice analogy. But the impact that that would have had is, is as severe as if someone were to say, well, you know, the coat of arms. I am the true kangaroo in the emu. Really flips things upside down. So he's, he's not only going to the heart of, of the society, at the time, but, but also their, their special place that, that they believe God had placed them. Now, Jesus wasn't there as a, as a political activist, as an agitator. You've got to ask, why did Jesus say this? And one reason was reassurance. He states, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me... And I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Again, picture the scene. The full force of the law is about to descend on them. Virtually fugitives at this point know that they are going to lose their leader. This is, this is, this is a fledgling group. They've got, they've got Caesar and, and whole Roman Empire on, on, on this hand and, and they have the leading religious folk on the other and of course the rest of the, of the population all hitting in on them. And, and here's Jesus providing this, this reassurance. But question here is what, what about the branches that do not remain in him? And, and what we see is two clear categories of branches there is fruitful and fruitless and he continues if you do not remain in me you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned now that would have been quite awkward because he's meeting with his disciples and probably looking in the direction of one in particular, Judas Iscariot. And in this case, as, as we know, Judas literally sold out his master and was separated from, from the group, was separated from God. That's the fruitless, but what about the fruitful and it seems here that the fruitful uh, have changes ahead as well and we learn that the gardener God here will, will ensure that the branches produce fruit and that they will be pruned so to help illustrate this purpose I've brought a real vine with Thanks to my lovely assistant, Michael.
please. A round of applause for Michael. Okay. And I should add, this is my wife's fine. And if anything were to happen to it, this will be the last time I preach or indeed do anything. Now, the vine that you see here, lovingly tended, is something that you can't just leave and, and will grow on its own. This, this vine will have fruitless and fruitful branches and, and it, it, it will require care by the gardener. So what we'll need to do is remove cobwebs. There's also ants crawling over it. A few uh, bugs at home. I've cleared most of them to keep the health and safety of, of the building. There's fungus and other ailments which are going to get in the way of producing fruit. So what the gardener will do is constantly keep an eye on those branches uh, on, and, and the vine. And so that will mean there's, there's one here, and I know I can't break this off, but we do have one very small branch. Honey, can I? No. Shaking her head. And so the two categories here are the, are the fruitless and, and as we've learned from the scriptures, they will be, they will be, they will be pruned, thrown into the fire and, and, and burned. And that's, and that's very, very serious and that's something that, that we will cover a little bit further. But, but for those who are on the vine, the fruitful, you will be pruned to produce more fruit. And the reason... That, that the gardener and that God will do this for you, if we go back to the, to the physical vine here, that, that pruning will concentrate the sap for fruit bearing. It redirects the saps from these fruitless branches and means that, that what we end up with, these, in this case here, these fantastic Tahitian limes, make an amazing key lime pie out of these apparently, I'm yet to see that, honey. Hint. But what God wants in his pruning is for you to produce more fruit. The, the physical garden here, exactly the same. Cleaning, tending, pruning. The outcome being that the, the energy, the, the sap, the focus is on producing more fruit. And... This, this pruning in, in the passage here, if we go back to the Greek, it's, it's the word kathiro, and that means to cleanse from filth or prune from. Now, in this case here, we've, we've got the limes, but in your case, what is the fruit? And we read in, in Galatians a, a checklist describing the fruit of the Spirit. So we have fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ, have crucified the flesh 
with its passions and desires. If they are connected, then that is the fruit that you are to produce. And the question for you all, how did you rate this week against that list? And, and I know for myself, I have failed on many occasions. And that's a challenge. Now, now remember, it isn't a checklist with each of the love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control and, and you don't have to achieve one of those just once a week and then you've got the rest of the week off. This, this is how God wants us to be living for every minute of the day and as we know, that is something that is very difficult to achieve and from this passage here, to help us produce those more fruits, we are going to be pruned, and as I reassure you, I, I will not be attacking people after the service. We are, we are pruned in another way. And one of those ways is God using difficult times. And in Hebrews, it reads, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? We go through that discipline, and what is the outcome? A bountiful harvest. Again, further in Hebrews, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. No, my children can attest to that, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Discipline will come in our lives, we all know that, the hardships and bountiful harvests. So we have trials and when they come, relish those, look on those as an opportunity. This is not, not a masochistic way of looking at life, but they have a purpose and they are for you to bear more fruit. And so think back to the trials that we have gone through and how we've responded. I know, I know in my case there's been some challenges at work and, and I've, uh, I used to be a computer programmer. Now I just send emails and drink coffee, according to the team. Very rude. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a position where I've gone from managing the ones and zeros to managing people and I tell you what's easier. It's, uh, those computers generally do what you tell them to do. And some of the trials that I've experienced is where people have worked a little differently to do how I've expected them to respond. And in my case, uh, there was a consequence for them working a certain way, and that's not being able to finish software on time. And, and how I responded was I puffed up with self-righteous indignation. This is the way we do it. If they're working on their own, they're loose cannons. And those trials that came along there was something that was going to affect me because uh, one of the privileges of, of sending emails and drinking coffee in that role is you're the one who tends to get yelled at by the customer. And so I knew that was coming my way. So I, I responded selfishly and that trial came and I did not respond Again, with that checklist, with the kindness, with the gentleness, with the peace, with the goodness, with the self-control. And 
you know, I know that I have to improve on that, but it is something that we all face, and as we'll learn a little bit later, it is not in my strength. Now, we've got a checklist here. It's a, quite a few items on there. There's, there's other instructions that we'll read in, in, in the scripture, and, and I'm a simple man and, and can get confused by all of those things that I have to do. So it would be nice if we could boil this down in just a few words so that even I could understand it. And the question, how do we bear more fruit? Become more like Jesus. Simple. So, uh, any questions? And that is, that is clear in this passage. That is clear all throughout Scripture. Jesus says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. How? First John gives us a hint here. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Very clear. And think how Jesus lived, particularly in this passage. He's, he's heading off to be killed. This is the one point where you'd, you'd, you'd be thinking of yourself. Surely. Even, even if he was to go through that as a, as a martyr, it's, it's a, that's a period where others should be helping him to support him through that moment. But, but no, he's there. He's reassuring. It's like, no, it's, I'm, I'm the true vine. You, you, you are the branches. You are, you are joined to me. You are being fed that, that sap. You are being nourished. You are being, you are being supported. Knowing very well what's coming to him. But just one example from this passage about how Jesus lived. And that's, that is a wonderful attitude there. That, that we are instructed to, to work towards replicating. But, um, again, what are we to do? Love each other as I have loved you. Again, I, I like this. We've, we've, we're, we're boiling it down. It's working for me. It's, it's quite simple, but um, as, as I discovered in that, that incident back at work, that is quite difficult to do in practice. And so as, as I've shared, um, I struggled in that case. But think about what things would be like if that command was followed at home. Now, we have uh, three children, almost two, six and eight, all girls. Um, and uh, thankfully, number four is on the way. And my wife is 38 weeks pregnant and knew I was speaking today. And so last night said to me, you realise, honey, I'm virtually full term. I could go into labour tonight, just to put me off my game. But again, trials, hardships, building me up. 
Now, you, you might be shocked to learn that we, we, we do have some conflicts at, at home with the children. And uh, what, what I find is there's, there's generally always a very good reason or a very good excuse that that, that one person acted a certain way towards it. Oh, but she said, oh, but she did, but, but that's mine, or oh, but you said, but she breathed in my general direction. Uh, all, all real examples. And, and it'll escalate and it'll go back and, back and forth. And, and even, even the two-year-old, bless her, we're all born sinful, uh, demonstrated this. Uh, she loves the dummy, um, and, and I love the dummy too. It's so cute when they walk around with it. And, and I've been accused of fostering a dependence, but... <laughs> Our, she took her cot dummy, not supposed to use that, took it to the table. Joe took it off her and asked Catherine, the eight-year-old, to return the dummy. Now, Annalise was a little upset that Joe took it away. Um, Catherine returned the dummy, went to her room, and about a minute elapsed, Catherine returned, walked past Annalise, who had been lying in wait. As Catherine passed by, she took an almighty swing at her closed fist, in retribution for removing the dummy. Now that, not an example of loving each other as I have loved you. Again, numerous examples at home, at, at work, as I've shared. Think of, think of other times at work too where, where you have to deal with, with, with co-workers who are uh, not as skilled or... Look, honestly, anyone here in the public service? Raise your hand if you want to admit to it. That's, it's me. I'm... I'm, I'm one of them. It can be quite a toxic workplace at times. And, and there, are, there are people there who don't want to work, who, who will do what they can to avoid work. And, and how do we respond to that type of hardship and trial? And what if this rule was always followed in, in church or in different ministries? Because, again, um, we're, we're sinful people but saved by the grace of God. And, and again, think of, of cases where someone may have upset you here or someone may have done something that you disagree with or a lot of the times there's a lack of communication. Someone assumes something. There's, see, there's a pattern. There's, there's excuses here. Just like the two-year-old lying in wait. There are also cases here where, where we feel upset, we feel hurt, um, thankfully, I don't think we've had too many fisticuffs recently, um, but don't get on Andrew Pierce's wrong side. He's a big lad. Um, again, follow that rule. Now, if, if that rule were to be followed um, in our church, I, I think you'd see most of the conflicts evaporate. Now, this is all about working towards... I suppose the, the, we would have a more harmonious church. There would be less whining and less crying at, at home. Work would, would be a pleasure to, to go to. Very difficult. And the key thing in all of this, these trials, these, these, these improvements, this, this us loving each other, becoming better, it is not going to be achieved in our own strength. Remember, we are 
connected to the vine, being fed the sap, being nourished. Remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. As we learn here, the vine sustains God, the gardener God will prune. It is not in your strength. And that is a great reassurance, particularly if you're in a, in a very secular workplace, you're the, you're the only Christian there. If you're a university student uh, and surrounded by thousands of people with different ideas going around, you may feel very alone, but, but you are not. You are connected to that vine. It is not in your strength. These, these trials and tribulations are not insurmountable. God is using those to prune you so that you may bear more fruit and how we're sustained as well is through the Spirit. And Jesus shares this in, in the previous chapter. He states, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Gives the Holy Spirit always with us which means that no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, which country we're in, how we're serving, whether, whether we're, at, we're at home, whether we're a young mum, and we have children who make it impossible to walk normally, and I'm referring to the children, and I'll be a young mum here. Sorry for that image. You stand, they attach themselves to your leg. And if you want to travel over here, it is with such motion. And so too, can't even go to the bathroom, can't do anything. Knock, knock, knock. And that, and that is draining on mums. For, for folks in whatever stage of life you are, for particularly for, for, for those folks who are facing unemployment or, or uncertainty. Remember, re regardless of what's happening, you are still connected to the vine. You have the spirit. You have that support, no matter what. Now, Jesus gives the spirit. We are connected to the vine, but this is not a passive journey. One thing that we should be doing constantly, without ceasing, anyone guess what it is? Pray. Thank you, Lydia. Pray. Again, not in our strength. And one of the dangers here is, is the fruits of the Spirit, almost like a self-improvement checklist. And I can do that, and I can... I can learn from that case and I'll be a better person because of it. But it is not in our strength. It is from Jesus' saving grace that, that we will know God. It is the spirit that he gave us, always with us, always teaching, always supporting us. And, and the connection that we have at any time through prayer. And we read here in First. 
Thessalonians. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So, again, very, very joyous, very, very happy, very, very positive. Again, think back to when Jesus shared this. He's, he's on the way to the cross. And that is the attitude that we are to have in all situations. That is the attitude that I I'm, am to have when I know I've got that conference call tomorrow, when I know this isn't being done and I know there's going to be grumbling. It's the attitude that we are to have when, we, when we're starting a new job, even when we move into the unknowns of retirement. The attitude we have if, if there is conflict with with family members and, and, and extended again look to be nourished look to be to be supported most importantly keep praying pray 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 so again going back to the vine here you are the fruitful branches don't just sit there waiting to get watered and produce those delicious limes this this is an active journey this is a this is something where we are instructed to love each other. We are to respond. We are to serve. It isn't, right, I'm, I'm saved. Excellent. That's it. I'll take the rest of the day off. The exciting thing about, about being a Christian is this, this is a journey and that you have, you have God watching your every move. You have God providing for your needs. You have God putting hardships and trials in your way. God will, will prune you. And you have the Spirit always with you, no matter where you are. So, to sum up what we've learned today, Jesus, the true source of life, the true vine. God will prune his disciples to bear more fruit, and that through Jesus we are joined and commanded to love one another application expect to be pruned and that pruning is for you to produce more fruit so have a think about what happened to you in the last year the, the trials and tribulations that you faced and what was the outcome of that how did you emerge from that was it was it an outcome where you felt that it was unfair or was it an outcome where you rejoiced in the suffering, rejoiced in the trials? And, and, and as, as I've shared in, in my experience, it is, it is quite challenging at times. But again, remember what Jesus spoke. Remember Jesus' attitude. Remember the purpose of trials. Uh, fundamentally, um, as well, there's a question of which, which branch are you on? There are two here. We have the fruitful who will be pruned to produce more fruit, connected to the, to the true vine, and the fruitless. And the good news, the gospel, is for, for those who are not on the vine yet, that is available for you today. That opportunity, that, that free gift is there and there is hope. And I'll share from Ephesians. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich 
in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And that grace is available for all. If you aren't sure whether you're on the vine, please see me after the service. See Daryl after the service. See someone else because the the exciting news is that, that that gift is available for you. If you've been a Christian for many years, just think quietly to yourself, what, what fruit am I producing? How will I be producing more fruit? Again, not as something you have to do, but as something that you want to do. It is something that we respond to as Jesus commands. It is something that will be a natural outcome of living like Jesus. Again, to live like Jesus, the bars up here, impossible to reach in our own strength. But it is through prayer, it is through the Spirit that we will continue to grow, that we will respond to the hardships and trials, that we will emerge after being pruned bearing more fruit Jesus is the true vine you will be pruned to bear more fruit and we are to keep his command love each other as I have loved you let us pray Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that we have this opportunity to read the scripture. That your words are true as they were back when you shared them. That they are as relevant for us as you shared them to the disciples. That they are as true today as they were the many years Lord, thank you for your support. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for how you have helped us through the years. Ask that, that we may be excited, that we may be invigorated, that we may be even more willing to serve you, that we may look to these trials as opportunities, that we may strive to bear more fruit and as always, that we may do this only in your strength. We pray these things in your name. Amen.